Next Level Living, Jeremy Jermaine Anderson. Ooh. Come on, y'all. Listen, Hold I've man. got evidence with the full name, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. evidence, y'all, from the word of God that you, my brother, you, my sister, can be great. But you got to do me a favor, baby. Turn the volume all the way up. going on jeremy oh man feeling good feeling great how are you man i'm good right now i got a lot to do today as i know you do too but we just had to take yep. a pause for the cause man and pour into these had to had to yep 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 let's yep. jump right in man it's it's a let's whole get lot it, brother. going on a whole <laughs> yeah. lot a whole on. lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we, we want to get into it because I know the people are like, hey, I wonder what Daryl and Jeremy think about so-and-so-and-so. Well, we about to get into so-and-so-and-so. Yeah. First thing up, man, listen, Mayweather just yeah. uh, knocked my man out. It was Ooh. TKO. Ooh. My man Conor McGregor Ooh. got them hands. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Right. Hold on now. He got them hands, but it, it was a 10th round. Let me be balanced. Okay. He hung in there for 10, bro, 10 rounds. Okay. Like, it wasn't, a lot of people was like, he ain't going to last the first round. A lot of people was like, he's not going to land the punts. I'm thinking like, bro, McGregor is a fighter. Yeah. He might not be a boxer, but he's a fighter. MMA, um, sure. So, yeah, 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 the big homie, Money Wayweather, he a little too cocky for me. And no, let me be clear. I'm not even tripping on you being cocky. But was, this, this might be for another podcast. Maybe next week, D, we could talk about um, the responsibility that some of these celebrities should have in their community. The responsibility of community. Maybe okay. we should talk about that. Because I take, a, I got a little beef yeah. with him there. Okay. But um, but yes, he won. He won. And uh, he was putting them hands on McGregor so much that the um the ref had to call the fight tenth round. He said, hey 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 hey, we gotta stop this right now. So yeah, bro, congrats. Well, I mean, he was my. Said, I, I gotta. He needs to send me some of them three hundred million though. You feel me? Like, that's it. Come on, give me thirty. I'll flip. I'll flip thirty k so quick. I turn thirty into three hundred <laughs> in a minute. You feel me? <laughs> hey, no yeah, doubt. I gotta be real, no man. Doubt. I didn't watch the fight. I watched all the highlights and whatnot. Well, both you and mm-hmm, I were mm-hmm. busy in these streets grinding, man, trying to mm-hmm. you know, speak yep. life into people and whatnot. But from what I'm understanding, uh, Mayweather could have knocked dude out on like the fifth or sixth. He was toying with him. You know, <laughs> he he was like, "No, nah, you gonna get this beat down because you've been talking all this smack." So, I mean, I just, I just want to shift it for a minute and, and talk about the, the confidence you have. This is talking about Mayweather, right? The confidence you have in your arena. Like, th- this was his 50th fight. So, he's like 49 and 0. Never got knocked down. And n- never got knocked out. Never lost a fight. And, and never got beat, up, right. Never got beat. And all through up, you know, th- during their press uh, presentations and whatnot leading up to the fight, he was like, listen, bro. I'm telling you, you don't want this. You, <laughs> This is what I do for a living. Floyd was so confident. He was like, anybody that come up to me in my arena, I'm the best at what I do. You can't touch me. And I want to talk to the people about being so confident in your gift, so confident in your skill that it's not so much cockiness, but it definitely, and, and, and don't get it twisted. I, I believe that Floyd is cocky, but I don't want to talk about it from that approach. I want to talk about it from you are so confident in what it is that you do. No matter who steps to you in your arena, you are determined to get the victory. Right? I want to talk to those people. Then mm-hmm. I want to talk to the people who are kind of like Conor McGregor, who are MMA fighters, right? 
or 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 they are great in one area but they're saying listen i just want to grow i don't want to settle for being great in one area i want to be great in all areas as as uh you know as mayweather is uh, a boxer mcgregor is hey what what is he He, he's mma so he's got to know boxing he's got to know like Mm -hmm. martial arts he's got to that's what it's called mixed martial arts so because he yep. has to know everything, he's saying, I don't want to be great at just the mixed martial arts. I want to hone in on the boxing side. I want to hone in on whatever. So let's talk to the, the folks who are confident in their gift, but let's also talk to the folks who are saying, I don't want to be great in just my marriage. I want to be great in marriage and business and finances. And I want to be great in, in acting and dancing and singing and whatever gifting you have. They're like, look, I'm going to step to you. Even if I lose, I'm still not afraid to step up to you, man. What you think about that? So here's so here's my first question to you, and then I'm gonna tell you why I'm asking this question. Then I'll give you my thoughts. Who are you most impressed with, Mayweather or McGregor? I'm most impressed with Conor McGregor because okay. he wasn't afraid I, to yeah, step no out doubt. of the box. Now watch. There we go. I knew hands down that he was gonna get his tail whooped. I I I, I never took my money if I was a gambling man, <laughs> but I never took my money. Off of Floyd, this is what he does, bro. Forty nine and zero at the time. I already knew so, in that boxing ring it was wasn't gonna happen. So, but I was more impressed with Conor for saying, you know what, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm not afraid to fight a, a a pure boxer. And he came with that talk saying, I'm going to win. Not only did he say, did he have the confidence to say that he's gonna fight a boxer, he had the confidence to to to, and he believed him. To talk he to says, I'm gonna win. All right, so I so I agree with you there. But here's the here's the reality or the science behind it. For one, McGregor trying they both wanted to get paid. You got two guys there at, at the top of their field. So though money got fifty, I'm more impressed with forty nine and oh, because the fifty was a shoe in. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't he hadn't fought in twenty since twenty fifteen. So they were trying to find a way, how do we make the last one a big time payday? And they did that. But I've got a lot of respect for McGregor because, A, McGregor was willing to step up. He was willing to fight him. He was willing to step out of his comfort zone, and he seized the moment. And so I think a lot of people in life are not getting that big payday. They're not stepping out of their comfort zone. They're not willing to sacrifice. They're not willing to learn a new thing. You feel me, D? Like, you're not a partner with a lot of churches, and and churches don't want to make changes. They don't want to learn nothing new. They don't want to make no adjustments, and they're wondering how they're not growing. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. McGregor's bank account group. Because he said, I'm willing to make some changes. I'm willing to make some adjustments. I'm willing to learn how to box. He stopped boxing after he was like 16. So the last like 15 some years, all he's been doing is the mixed martial arts and the karate, jiu-jitsu and wrestling and all of that. So now he had to say for the last maybe six months, I'm going to just do boxing. And when you're fighting the best boxer in that weight in the world, and you just started, by, like, you know, that's really impressive. And he got a big payday. And so people wondering why they're not winning in life, why they're not going to that next level, is they're not willing to make the adjustments. They're not willing to learn something new. They're not willing to step out here and take a leap of faith, you know. They want to kind of stay within their lane. But when you do that, you don't get that big payday. And boy, did they get that payday. Yeah, they both yep. got a big payday. And so I that's my wanna, thoughts. I do want to take oh, a quick pause sure. real quick. Jeremy and I are, um, we're remote right now. So if y'all hear any challenges, please forgive us. But we definitely want you to hear this content, though, and what we're trying to drop on you today. You know, I have complete, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, admiration, I guess, 
for Conor McGregor for stepping out of his comfort zone and saying, listen, I'm going to do this thing. Now, you said something, Jeremy, that I don't know if I agree with or not. You said that for Mayweather, this was pretty much a shoe-in. I don't know because, again, you ain't been fought in, you know, two years, a year and a half, however long. You said 2015, right? So if he hadn't fought since 2015, <laughs> sometimes people can get so cocky that they're like, yo, I got this. Now, I'm not saying he ain't trained for it. I'm not saying he didn't do what he was supposed to do, what he's accustomed to doing. But sometimes the top dog can say, because I'm the top dog, let me let me – let me chill. Let me slack. He never, but see, but see, he didn't. Yeah, but see, he never stopped training. You, you will, you will never see a picture of him on somebody's private island with a belly and a beer. So he always fit. He always he, trained. So you're saying because he had, he was well rested. Training. He was. He That's was, what I would say. He was he, oh yeah, he was in shape. He was well rested. That's how I view okay. it. He was well rested. And so watch this. He could have fought any other boxer, a young boxer that was 15 and two or 22 and, and, and one, you know what I'm saying? But he fought someone that had no experience in boxing except for when he was a teenager, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so in a sense, like I was reading something the other day, it was really smart on his team's behalf to say, hey, let's make sure that we hit that 50 and no, but let's not, let's not fight nobody that could be in the before that. Who was it like? Manny Pacquiao was like his second or second to the last fight, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so... I'm not saying that McGregor didn't challenge him because he hung in there for 10 rounds. He landed punches. You know what I'm saying? He definitely felt it. But at the same time, um, it was, in a sense, I think a lot of people say a shooting. Now, I'm going to be clear. I didn't watch it myself. You know what I'm saying? I was resting. I had a flight back early in the morning. But I saw a lot of the highlights. And for what I've seen, it was obvious. Like, I've seen a lot of highlights when McGregor was putting some hands on Floyd. He got some good licks in. But Floyd clearly dominated, clearly. and um, But he hung in the 10 rounds, and because they operated with a spirit of excellence. I guess that's the point I want the people to get. When you operate in the spirit of excellence, you're going to get that big. And both of these guys were at the top of the charts, and people were willing to pay record-breaking money to see them perform. The question for our listeners is, are you performing in that type of area? You know what I'm saying? Are you handling your business in school, in relationships, in your business where people will pay to be around you. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, for real, even though he took an L, he still got some money in the bank this morning. My man is like, look, even though he got bumps and bruises, like, what was it, $100 million, like So that? much money. Like, so much money. I think his net worth is maybe like $20, $30 million. Like, he, you know, he's making good money or maybe not even $20 million. But he, yeah, this was like a life-shifting payday for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, I mean, this well, they said they said this one fight he's gonna make more than more money than all of his fights combined. Yeah, and and that's a testament to Floyd Mayweather. You know, at the end of the day, even though his opponents are taking losses like Manny Pacquiao, I think it was Canelo Alves, something like that. I forget who the person was he fought after that, and now McGregor. Like for real, all of these people are getting paydays because they're not afraid to step to the top dog. And I would tell our listeners this: don't be afraid to go for the champ. Th have enough confidence in your gift. Now, watch this. Don't just come off the street now and say, boom, I'm coming for the top dog. You do have to, I believe, you, you have to crawl before you walk. You ain't just going to wake up one day sitting on the couch talking about, boom, I'm a boxer now, and I'm going after Floyd Mayweather. You can't do that. You do have to have some level of credibility. Oh, yeah. But he was excellent. Yeah, he was phenomenal in his field, McGregor. Yeah, yeah no doubt. 
So, so I would just challenge our listeners to say, listen, if you have been gifted in a certain area, preaching, rapping, acting, dancing, uh, w- ministry, whatever, whatever you've been called to do, be excellent in it. And then once you and your team decide, listen, you know what? I believe uh, that we have mastered where we are. Let's aim for that next level. Go for it. Even if you take the loss, you can still get paid. I'm not even talking about uh, a financial payday, but 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 you can still get paid even if you take that L. And what you do with that L is you learn from it, you grow from it, and you go right back at it. You fall off the horse, you get right back up on that thing. So, yeah, shout out to everybody who's confident enough to say, I know what I do and I'm gifted at what I do. Nobody can touch me at, uh, a la Floyd Mayweather. And shout out to everybody who ain't afraid to take out the Floyd Money Mayweathers. All right? And also shout out to everybody who's just sitting at the crib, ain't doing nothing, just watching everybody else get paid. I want to shout you out specifically because there is something great inside of you. God has something special for you to do. You have purpose. You are called to something greater. And for real, man, why sit back and watch everybody? Why sit back and talk about the fight? Why not get in the fight? For real, your family is is suffering. Mm-hmm. They struggling. You know, how long are you going to live check to check? Matter of fact, some of y'all, ain't, you, you ain't even got no check. <laughs> I just challenge you to get up off the couch, stop drinking Kool-Aid, do what you've been called to do, man. And I promise you, somebody eventually, if you have the courage to do that, somebody will pay to see you do what it is that you've been called to do, man. So, you know, and, yep. and Jeremy, that kind of leads me into – you know, into this, like that $758 million Powerball, yo, it was one chip. Now, watch this, Jeremy. You got people all over the country paying $2 for the, for the ticket, right? I think it's an extra dollar or $2 or something like that if you want to get the power play. So here you got people spending uh, a minimum of $3, let's say $4, right? 3 to $4 on one ticket, and this Powerball goes to one person. I think she was from, like, Massachusetts or something like that. 758 million, and they putting all their odds on, man, hopefully I can win this lottery. Like, for real. I just, I, I have a problem with that, man. But I'm gonna hit Did she off. win? Some, so somebody won it? Yeah, some, this, one, uh, this one Caucasian lady, she won it. She went to her normal spot where she buys her lottery tickets at. And, yeah, one lady, 758 million. Now she has the option of either getting a lump sum of like four hundred and forty three million, something to that effect, or she can get it annuitized and get over five hundred plus million dollars, man. And she'll get, uh, I believe, 10 to 20 million over the next twenty nine years, something to that effect. But, yeah, man, I just want to talk to the people who are um, playing the lottery (laughs) with their life. So, yeah, I'm going to get your take on this first and then we and then I'm going to share with you why I said what I said just now. Yeah, so real quick, so I, I hope I don't want anybody to feel bad about you know playing the lottery. I just I just bet on myself, man. You know, I, I'm kind of at that place now where you know if I'm a gamble, you know, as opposed to making you know numerous small investments, hoping somebody gives me something, I'd rather just have a guarantee. So for me, as opposed to hoping I can get something for free, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather just work towards it because right. um, there's no guarantee. It's like one in a million, one in a million, one in a million. But if I want to be a millionaire, I can build a business. I can handle my business. I can grind. I can wake up early. I can put in the work and I can be sure that I'm a millionaire as opposed to it being by chance. So, you know, that's my take on it. I know a lot of people that gamble and, and a lot of people that, that go and, and do the lottery, they're not really expecting it. It's just, you know, it's like a dollar too. Who cares? Hey, you is a dollar. Let's see if I won this scratch it off. Oh, I didn't win. You know, it's cute. You know what I'm saying? But beyond behind that, there's a dream. Mm-hmm. Like behind every one of those people that buy that lottery ticket, 
they wonder what's going to happen if they get that money. Mm-hmm. And, and as opposed to wondering, my thing is like, how about you know? How about you bettering yourself? Mm-hmm. How about you put the work in so you ain't got to hope? You know what I'm saying? So you ain't got to have, if you want to hope in something, hope in yourself. Mm-hmm. Hope in your own ability. So that's my take on it. So I, I know people do it for fun. But my thing, I'm like, yo, this ain't no game, though, for me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to win, bro. And so, you know, that's, that's my whole take on it. But, oh, ooh, $400-something million dollars at the end of the day, that's a lot of money. She better change her phone number real quick. Real quick. <laughs> she already messed up. She done gave her identity. Talking about, look at me, y'all. I done won the lottery, y'all. Yeah, you tripping. <laughs> you tripping. I promise you, you're going to get some cousins that you never knew you had. I'm, I'm, I'm changing. I'm, hey, look, I'm changing my name. I'm changing my hair color. I might even get a little nose job. Folk ain't gonna know who I am. You know what I'm saying? When I got to do the conference talking about, okay, winner come forward. I'm putting on a little fake beard, some some dreadlocks, something like. <laughs> with putting, the roster, you know with the saying? roster hat. I'm be looking Bro, roster. That's hilarious. Jerome and Rome in the house. No, but for real, for real, like, but if I want like 400 million dollars, like I'm definitely gonna give the majority of it away. I don't need hundreds of million, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like my family's gonna be solid. You know what I'm saying? But other people who I'm gonna hire a top notch consultant mm-hmm. and everybody that hit me up and need money for this or need money for that ministry, I'm gonna have to sit down and make sure that they invest and give the way wisely. But you give me hundreds of millions of dollars, bro. I'm about to change communities and generations. I'm about to shift some stuff. No doubt. No doubt. For sure. See, so that's kind of where I, I am with it. First of all, let me keep it all the way 100. I've you played the Powerball. I've got evidence, y'all, <laughs> that I played the Powerball. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I admit it. It's it's a difference, I think, and and this doesn't make me better than anybody at all. But I do think there is a difference in, as Jeremy just said, you doing one ticket here, one ticket there, you know, whatever. Every once a year, uh, spend a three, four, five dollars versus somebody who's there doing it every doggone week. They're spending their their rent check, their bill money, you know, on lottery tickets, hoping they can get win that dream. For me, spending six bucks on two tickets, okay, I did it, I didn't win, okay, now back to the grind. You know, does, does that mean, oh, well, well, you played it too then. So I, I feel you. I feel exactly where uh, y'all listeners are coming from with that. The only difference, I think, is that I'm not waiting on a bailout. I'm not waiting on getting lucky. I'd rather create my own luck. I forget who came up with the, t- with the quote. But there's a quote that says, luck favors the prepared. It might have been Oprah or something like that. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make is instead of spending a whole bunch of money on lottery tickets, right, why don't you say, all right, you know what? There's some advice that I can give to somebody. I'm, instead of putting this money in lottery tickets, I'm going to write a book. And now this book can pay me royalties over and over and over again, right, and as opposed to saying, well, let, and let me let me not go for the 758 million, but let me go for the – the the five thousand dollars you know so why don't you invest a couple hundred dollars as opposed to in lottery tickets invested in in you publishing a book and now your your two three thousand dollar investment can turn into ten thousand and then you can flip that ten and turn it into twenty and then into a hundred and then into 150 well that's what i would say now some could even say well you know hey you put in six dollars in the lottery ticket okay you could have put that six dollars into something else yeah i could have i guess my thing, yeah, I could have, I could have bought some, you know, extra tomatoes at the grocery store. Who knows? <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, it's one thing to be, you know, somebody that does it one off, versus somebody that's that's just hoping for that. And, and 
I would just say do both if, if that's what you're going to do. People have gambling addictions. This thing can get real. I'm going to be real with you. There was a little twinge that I got in my spirit, y'all, as my man Willie Mo Jr. says, in my sha-na-na. There was, there was something that I in got in my sha that was like, yo, I ain't win. I wonder if I put some more money down, could I win? And I was like, what I look like <laughs> standing at this gas station putting all my bread, all my paper in, in some, something that may not come back. Right. But if I invest it into my dreams, into my visions and, and the things that God has called me to do, or what I feel he's called me to do, I'm, I'm guaranteed a payback. The Bible says we reap what we sow, period. So, man, I would just say, so you get stop playing, stop gambling away your money, stop gambling away your life, man, uh, and just uh, invest it. So it stop eating your seed and sow your seed and you will reap the harvest. Mm. You know, no disrespect to anybody who oh. plays, uh, but yeah, don't eat your seed, sow your seed. And shout Boom. out to the homegirl, 443, I think, million dollars it was. Yeah, for real. Your life is just. And that's right. Make a, make a do- she can make a donation to the Next Level Living Foundation. Next Level Living Foundation, <laughs> Caring Touch Ministries. I promise you, we are trying <laughs> to change one zip code at a time. For real. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I want to take it to a serious note for a second. We're, you know, we, I know we got a few minutes left. Uh, there is, I used to live in Houston, Texas, and right now. Uh, they are undergoing a major hurricane, got some tornado watches, still have family and friends in the Houston area. Uh, some people living in Corpus Christi and all throughout the Gulf down there, man. Um, Jeremy, if you could take a quick moment. I know we have a couple more things to talk about, but can you just take, you know, about 20 seconds, man, and just pray for these individuals out in Texas? Yeah. Um, so, God, you control the winds and the waves anyway. So, we just pray, God, that you'll be with the people there. Um, man, some of these people don't have insurance on their homes, their cars. You know, half the city is underwater. So a few people have already lost their lives. It's a terrific and tragic event, God. So we just pray that you give comfort, peace, that you be a refuge, a rest haven, um, and you rescue those people who still are stranded. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you be with our leadership. Lord, have mercy of this country so that they can give them the necessary help and aid. I pray that we would have learned a lot um, since Hurricane Katrina, Lord. So be with your people on that end. Um, deliver them and restore them and help them to get to this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, amen. Our hearts and prayers definitely go out to you guys. I do believe it's For sure. so far that like five or six people uh, and, and one life gone is, is one life too many, man. So. Definitely no doubt. Up to you guys. Stay safe. Stay off the roads, please. The governor's already declared a state of emergency, I believe. So, yeah, follow those instructions. Don't think you Superman or Superwoman and you're going to be all right. If you need to evacuate, do the best you can. Uh, get to a place of safety. Uh, and we're going to pray that God will restore everything uh, that has been lost. Amen. Amen. You know, man, shifting gears for just one minute, man. Uh, yo. <laughs> So uh, our, our friend, man, our brother in ministry, Pastor W.L. Snare, um, out in Huntsville, Alabama, he pastors the first church there in Huntsville, and he came up with an initiative, man, to black out the NFL. Uh, and this initiative has it started off grassroots, man, but it has garnered national attention. And, and for those of you who don't know, he, uh, Pastor Snell and, and, and other faith leaders all across the Huntsville area and now all across the country are basically saying, listen, because Kaepernick has uh, what appears to be uh, have been blackballed, basically not being hired because of last year, him taking a stance 
uh, and kneeling during the national anthem because of black and brown bodies being murdered in the streets by police and them and the police essentially going unchecked this year because he's a skilled quarterback and gifted quarterback um, and him still not getting hired, uh, they're saying they're going to black out the NFL. They are going to boycott the league until Kaepernick gets hired, man. And I just want to talk about that for a moment. Here you have a, 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 a young black brother who is a great quarterback. He's good at what he does. Uh, and he said, I'm going to use my platform and the opportunities that God has given me in the NFL to bring light to all of the injustices going on. Now, you know, we must know whatever stand we decide to make, whether we believe it's right, whether we believe it's wrong, there are always consequences because of that stand. That consequence can be a good consequence. It could be a bad consequence. But Cap knew going into this that there could be a consequence for his action, and now it seems like he's paying that consequence. I want to talk uh, for a few minutes, Jeremy, about uh, taking a stand for what you believe in and, and not, I believe one quote says, stand for the right though the heavens fall. No. I want to talk about that, standing up for what we believe in. But then I also want to talk about these pastors and, and these faith-based leaders because it's not just pastors. It's the NAACP. It's several uh, organizations that are saying, listen, I stand with Kaepernick. Uh, we will boycott the NFL until he gets a fair chance to earn a living. Let's talk about those two things, man. Yeah, so I think um, I think what Kaepernick is doing is absolutely phenomenal. I went online today to try to find me the best, dopest T-shirt so I can wear and show my support. Um, so I think what he's doing is amazing. Um, I, I do wish, though, that he would be a bit more vocal because there has been so much talk and so much scrutiny. He is such in the public eye. I would love it if he would do another press conference to officially set the record straight because there are still some people that are saying he, he's anti-America, or he doesn't believe in cops. You know, he wore the Fidel Castro T-shirt. He wore the socks that say that cops were pigs. So I think from a PR standpoint, um, you know, his team could do a little bit better because those are some of the things that's hindering the powerful movement that he has. So I would like him to come out because I know he feels his way and say, yo, our country, like I am American. I'm using my rights of free speech. I do have respect for those who sacrifice for us in the armed services, because I know he does. I would like to see him do that, just to quiet some of those naysayers. So I think what he's doing is great. I do think his PR people could do a little bit better in making sure that his what he's sharing is sound. Because you know how it is, bro, with the media. you got to push it over and over and over again. you got to put it in their face. And because he's such a hot topic, anything that he says, they're going to put out there and blast it. Secondly, as far as what the NFL is doing, I mean, what the NAACP is doing, and, and specifically, I've been, I saw what um, Pastor uh, Reverend Jamal Bryan and others are doing. I'm very familiar with what uh, Bird and the other pastors in Huntsville, uh, Pastor Snell and some of the Huntsville, other Huntsville area pastors, Adrian Davis. I, I'm familiar with what they're doing, and I think it's phenomenal because they're saying we're not going to just boycott it. They're saying we're not going to come, we're not going to support the games by the paraphernalia, but during those two hours when we will be watching a game, we're going to pour back into young brothers in the community and we're going to mentor them. And on that Super Bowl Sunday, they're going to have a special rites of passage service. So I think it's absolutely amazing, and that's my biggest beef. I put up a post the other day on Instagram, and I was really challenging people. Like, some of y'all want to march, and marching is cool, but we must create more programs. And I'm all for boycotting the NFL, but there's some heavier stuff that we should be boycotting. 
when you look at the music industry and how it was toxic, when you look at every liquor store in all the hoods, when you look at some of that stuff, I'm like, that's some of the other stuff that we should boycott as well. Because once they hire Colin Kaepernick, okay, so we hire Colin Kaepernick, but the hood's still suffering. So I just think that we should be a little bit more balanced with our approach, but what Snell and them are doing and how that's taken off, I think that's absolutely amazing. And so I definitely agree with you on that. I, I love what these pastors are doing. I love what these faith-based leaders are doing, these community leaders, and, and they're standing together. I'm with you. I would like to see what's going to happen after Kaepernick gets hired or not. You know, that's one of the things I could say about, you know, the blackout video that has gone viral in that they're saying whether Kaepernick is hired or not, they're still going to mentor young boys all across right, the country. Right, exactly. Rega- so this isn't just about cap. You know, th- this is saying, you know what, we need to do better with our time, right? Some of us will sit up in front of that TV every Sunday, all day, and watch every game. We got the <laughs> the NFL Red Zone Sunday ticket, all of them packages, and, and we're putting our time and resources and money into making sure we are entertained. Uh, and there are some young boys who are, no matter their ethnicity, that there are communities that are struggling. And and I would just challenge us. I love the blackout video. Um, I, would, I would say all of us as community leaders, both of us have nonprofits, uh, Jeremy and myself, yeah, we definitely need to, to to dig deeper, man, and create more programs. I totally agree with you wholeheartedly. But I also think, though, that boycotting uh, these I, – I, I think this, this can be the catalyst because there are a lot of people that talk about it. Well, why should I boycott? Well, instead of boycotting the NFL, why not boycott the sponsors? They the ones with the real money. And, you know, some, some a lot of times uh, – let me, let me see how I want to address this here. A lot of times somebody will come up with an idea about something, but while somebody comes up with the idea, somebody else decides to criticize it and come up with all the reasons why it won't work and why they shouldn't participate, right? And, and I just, I'm not saying everybody has to participate. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if you're going to, for the people out there that are criticizing why this won't work, what are you doing in its place? So, again, if you're not going to boycott, but you're saying I will um, donate my time uh, to these mentorship programs, okay, cool, we'll say that. Because if you're not putting anything in place, you just come across as a naysayer and as a complainer. And we ain't got time to, for the complainers and the haters, right? We want to see you do something. Everybody needs to do something. It's all, especially uh, men of color. Uh, while, again, all ethnicities are struggling in some way, shape, or form, our community, black community, is definitely struggling. So I would just challenge all of us as men, those of us who are fathers, man, get out there with your sons. Teach them the game. Throw the ball with your son. You know, you're sitting up there talking about, man, I, I done worked and had a hard week, I, uh, and I just want to sit at the crib and chill on the couch with my feet up with some doggone chips and a beer or chips and a, and a, and a lemonade watching this football game, and your son is like, Daddy, can you throw the ball with me? Can we play catch or whatever? And you're like, I ain't got the time. So I just challenge us all, instead of complaining about something, come up with a solution about how you can make the situation better, you know. That, that's that's just that's just one thing. Yeah. I can go a whole different way. I see you. No, no, no. Get in, Jeremy. Well, you said you said a lot. Yeah, you you touched on several things. I just, I guess for me, I'm like, okay, Kaepernick. Man, we like you know what our problem is as far as as people is we like to be entertained. That's our problem. No we consumers, and so because football is so entertaining. Oh, they wanna, they wanna, they wanna write and 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 not, excuse me, not write. My bad. They want, they want to protest. They want to black out. And I feel you. Like I think that they should. Let me be clear. But what would happen if they did a boycott of Interscope Records? 
But what happened if they did a boycott of Sony and say, yo, we not standing for this no more. You know what I'm saying? Black Lives Matter. Stop putting out music that degrades our women and tells our young brothers to sell dope, you know what I'm saying, and sip syrup and pimp hoes. Like, what if we put messages out like that, but we not boycotting against that? And so my thing is like, yo, let's look at, let's, you know what I'm saying, like, what's doing more harm? Think about it. What is doing more harm? The music that this new generation is listening to, is that hurt or Kaepernick got not getting signed? I think you, you gotta, know what I'm saying? I think you got to pick your poison, though, uh, because while you are a hundred, a thousand percent correct, you know, the music and the lyrics and, and all of that that's getting to our young kids. I got to watch what my five-year-old son is listening to. Uh, <laughs> he gets his mother's iPad, man, and my man will listen to Pandora. And I'm like, yo, bro, where you get this Bruno Mars from? You feel me? <laughs> so I got to mm. I gotta monitor everything my man is listening to because Bruno talking about getting it in. And I don't need my five-year-old to know about getting it in, you know, for real. So, so, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying what my man, I, no disrespect to Bruno, none of them cats, man. I, you got a gift, you're using it. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. I feel you. So you saying pick your poison. I'm just saying pick your poison. You feel me? You just, you, just because those are boycotting the NFL, there are bigger fish out there. And I think in order, just like we were talking about in the Mayweather segment, you know, don't just get up off the couch and say, I'm going after the top dog. Right. I think that if we get a series of small wins, it'll give us the, the, the training we need to, to go after those super big fish. You feel me? Yeah. And we, we, we'll pick this part up secondly, because I, I do feel you, but that's the, I'm that's just the, like, that's going to be next week. That's there are some, there are, there are other things, there are other things that should anger us. Like, okay, that's messed up. Kaepernick, you know what I'm saying? Like, the I just don't see the NFL saying, Hey, um, St. Louis Rams, you gotta hire Kaepernick. Like, yo, like, yo, these, these, these owners, they own whatever they own. You know what I'm saying? And so, I think it's unfortunate. My man should have been signed, bro. People say he's better than the backup. Man, he's better than a lot of the starting quarterbacks, bro. He was just in the Super Bowl a few years ago. He young, he sharp, he good. I think it's unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, oh, in, in, in again, if people are boycotting that, that's fine. Um, and I think what others are doing is saying, yo, we're going to boycott it, but we're also going to create programs. That's phenomenal. We need that. I just can't help it. It's just some other things personally that I'm passionate about. Because when I be in these schools and I be in the communities and the NFL ain't hurting the community. The biggest beef that people have for the NFL is we consuming your product. We spending, we made you billionaires and you're not putting, you know, saying programs back into, you know, our communities. And I feel that. But there are some other things, but but just because they're not spending, which don't mean they hurting you. There are some other institutions that's straight hurting you, that's straight killing your community, but you silent, but you bobbing your head to it. Well, see, and that's, that's what I, I find issue with. Oh, no question. But see, so so then what I would say is, again, let this boycott, this blackout be the catalyst to launch those movements and those initiatives. Because while it's a whole lot that there are so many things, Jeremy, that are plaguing the, the, the black community, so many things things so many areas that we can improve upon i say while there's a group of people that are boycotting for their reasons you have your reason and it's a strong reason fam let's get a group of people that are willing to say you know what listen we are not going to stand for these records plaguing our community we are not going to stand for you calling our women all sorts of derogatory terms we are not going to stand for you pushing drugs into these streets right through music for real so yeah, man. So so all we're trying to say um, is that 
while you are definitely right, you are definitely right, Jeremy, I would rather see uh, individuals all across the country instead of pointing the blame uh, at, you know, why, you know, they're blacking out and, and coming up with all the reasons why this blackout won't work. Your uh, call has been for. Oh, well, I mean, we had some interference right there. <laughs> uh, instead of coming up with the reasons why this won't work, say, you know what, I may not rock with the blackout, but I definitely get with the whole, um, you know, music is bad to our community. I definitely get with the whole, uh, you know, you're seeing Hennessy commercials and beer commercials and you're seeing liquor stores, you know, boycott that. I'm just saying find something to do to better your community. Find something to do that's going to be a blessing uh, as opposed to sitting back and, and, and basically complaining because your entertainment is being taken away. Your call has you know, been. Basic, basically being um, um, salty because we're talking about, hey, listen, we want to better the community. We're going to black out. And you like, well, man, you taking away my sports. Now I'm pissed. So, yeah, man, I just challenge us all to, to get up, get out and get something. Listen, y'all, we, we are having a, a little bit of technical difficulties here. Um, I believe we lost Jeremy. Listen, we definitely want to pick this back up next week uh, and, and just kind of talk about some of these issues and how we can be uh, better in our community. I, this is, this is Pastor Darrell talking, I have determined to black out the NFL this year, but I also have determined to do something positive with my Sundays. Uh, so the, the next few Sundays that drop, we are going to be talking about how we can better make an impact in our community. You know, faith, family, fitness, and finance is what we stand on. And for the next few week, we're gonna be weeks, we're going to be talking about those topics and how we can all be better, how we can use the gifts that God has placed inside of us, whether you are an NFL fan or not. This is so much bigger than just sports. This is saying, listen, we need all hands on deck to make better husbands, better fathers, better sons, better daughters, better communities. Because if we can transform a household, we can transform a street. If we can transform a street, we can transform a neighborhood. If we can transform a neighborhood, we can transform a city. If we can transform a city, man, we can transform this entire nation. So one family at a time, man, we are about this life, man. We are about faith, family, fitness, finance, and pouring into uh, those individuals. Sorry we had technical difficulties, but I promise you next week we'll have all of that ironed out. Uh, listen, I want you all to do me a favor. Go out and be great. Share this podcast with a friend, with a loved one, and definitely the next few weeks. I told y'all, season two, we back and better than ever. We are literally going to pour into y'all and, and show you all how you can be great. I love you. Always remember that you've been called to something great. And I've got everything. Listen, do me a favor. Until next time, go.